Welcome to the Life Chapters podcast, Real Women, Real Stories. Hi, I'm Stacey, and I am super passionate about showing everyday women like you that they really do have a story to share. In my opinion, everyone deserves to be heard. And on this podcast, you will get to meet some pretty fabulous women who have amazing stories to tell. Some of the stories you hear might trigger you, but they're all spoken by the women who lived them. Some of them will make you smile, some of them might make you cry. Welcome to another episode of the Life Chapters podcast. I have with me the fabulous Nikki. Nikki is a well-being and meditation expert. She really does know her stuff. We have been let's say friends, online friends for the last couple of years and we've worked with each other and I know Nikki has a life story to tell and this is why I invited her to come and join me on the podcast because we have a similar story in that this might touch on some grief. So if grief is a trigger for you, just a little warning before we start, I know Nikki's story does involve a little bit of a grief tale. Um, So Nikki, over to you. Please tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and where would you like to start this story today? Well, so thank you so much for having me on the podcast, Stacey. It's wonderful to be here. So where I'm going to start is to just rewind you back um, a few years. So it was the beginning of 2018 where my life looked completely different to what it does look like today. And it felt like more importantly, it felt very different as well, because I had this really successful corporate career with a big job, tons of responsibility, wonderful salary and bonuses and the whole thing. But I was traveling loads and I was honest, quite honestly, stressed a lot of the time. I really felt the responsibility on my shoulders and I felt like I was never at home. I wasn't really around so much for my two children. So I've got a 17 year old and a six year old and it just I wasn't enjoying my life. I really wasn't enjoying my life. And it was just this kind of, you know, the whole eat, sleep, work, repeat situation. And it went on and on and on like that for years. And quite honestly, I had this really nagging feeling for most of my corporate career life, that that 20 years, that I should be doing something else. I just didn't know what it was. And so I had this kind of like nagging feeling and it gave me some real anxiety. And over the years, I'd kind of struggled a bit with depression and anxiety. But at this point, when it was the beginning of 2018, I was tired from work. I was exhausted from all of the traveling. And I was coping with having lost both my own brother back in 2013 and my brother-in-law um, in, at Christmas 2017. And those two, two deaths for me were so difficult to deal with because my brother was absolutely one of my best friends and my brother-in-law also was a really close friend of mine. And you've lived your life all of this time with these people so close to you. Um, and so it was just really devastating to deal with it. But I really tried to paint a smile on my face, you know, and look like I was coping with it. And um, and the truth was, I just wasn't, you know. And so actually, it got to that point at the beginning of 2018, where I was internally, I just felt like I was on my knees, 
um, it did not feel good to be me. And I had this real urge to just run away. You know, I didn't like the life I'd created. I didn't particularly like or know myself anymore. And I just seemed to be living my life trying to deal with the the grief and the depression that comes with losing you know a couple of people that you really love but also you know that kind of is this really what life's all about I feel bored I feel uninspired um, and I have this nagging feeling that I should be doing something else and so there was one day when I was on the phone to my mom and she just really innocently asked me how are you and I lost it I literally just lost it and I was shaking, I was crying. It was one of those proper ugly crying, snot-filled moments. Um, And I think she was sorry that she'd asked, but it actually just triggered. She didn't trigger my breakdown. It was going to happen, you know, and I just had this horrendous breakdown. My entire body was shaking. I was trembling and I had been for weeks. It was, you know, when you're kind of at the point... And when I look back now, I realize it was all of those. It was a combination of all of those things. But it was also that I had zero proper self-care practices. So I was not looking after myself when it came to giving my my brain a break ever. I wasn't giving my heart a break. I wasn't giving myself the support that I needed. And so I had this really, uh, really difficult time. And I went to the doctors and the doctor, you know, kind of offered antidepressants and offered to put me on a list for counselling that I would be able to have in 18 months time. And I was like, this is not going (laughs) to, this isn't going to help me. And actually, you know, I understand like medication, I think is great, you know, for certain people and in certain situations. But, you know, if it's the fact you hate your life and the fact that you really don't like yourself, then you need to start making changes yourself Um, And so that's what I did. So I had this, it was about a three month period where I started to just really change how I was looking after myself and how I was thinking about my life. And I've actually done this incredible, um, incredibly great job of locking myself in my own prison cell, you know, like figuratively speaking, I had weighed myself down with all of these responsibilities, all of these shoulds you know, all of these restrictions about how I couldn't change my career if I didn't want to. And I just, I put that on myself. And, you know, fair enough, I'd kind of picked up certain certain things throughout my life, which is you've got to have a proper job. And so for me and in my family, that meant work in a big company, work in a big corporate, you know, um, business and earn money and have a mortgage and you know do all those sorts of things. So this was really a, a, a an opportunity for me to look at myself and look at my life and say it actually does not have to be like that and you don't have to live like that and you don't have to feel that way as you go throughout your life. So it was this process of strengthening myself physically, strengthening myself mentally and emotionally. And it was at that point that I um, discovered, even though I was rolling my eyes when someone suggested it, um, meditation and mindfulness. But actually, it was it was the strangest thing, because as soon as I started to give myself even five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day to just sit down and stop doing and stop thinking and stop problem solving and stop worrying and stop obsessing about the past and stop obsessing about the future and all that sort of thing and take the opportunity to really start to plant some positive seeds in my own mind 
that that was what totally changed the game for me because I realized that actually you've got you've got this amazing opportunity to reprogram your mind. So if there are ways of thinking and habits of thinking and automatic ways of thinking that aren't serving you and that are keeping you stressed and keeping you feeling limited, you actually can work to replace them with much more empowering ways of thinking. And then whatever, you know, whatever your thoughts are is then going to impact how you behave and the decisions that you make and ultimately how you live your life day to day. Um, so it was around about a sort of process of about three months where I was I started to tackle the unresolved trauma, basically from from losing my brother and my brother in law and getting to grips uh, with listening to myself, like listening to myself about what do I actually want? You know, and I think that was a wake up call as well with losing sight and Neil was like, wow, they were really young. My brother was only 30. Neil was only 37. You know, and there I was at kind of, you know, almost 40 thinking, what do I actually want to do with my life? Because, you know, it could be over before you know it. And in any event, the whole thing's flying by. And so I have to spend a bit of time getting really clear about what I actually want to do, how I want to spend my time, who I want to work with, what kind of work I want to do and the whole thing. And what kind of mom I want to be, what kind of wife I want to be. It strikes me, it strikes me what you're saying, though, is you realized that there was a problem because you said, and I love the analogy you used there about locking yourself in your own prison cell. That has just conjured up such a picture in my brain. And I know exactly what that feels like having, having had a big corporate career myself. I can, I can understand that totally. But then you said something else that it was just a very simple thing of sitting down Hands up how many mums out there don't ever get to sit and finish a cup of tea. Even that simple. So I wonder if you were to sort of, if you were to give anybody that sort of advice, how how would you say to somebody to just sit down? Because that feels like such a hard thing to say mm-hmm. to a busy person who has locked themselves in their own prison cell. So how do you actually start this? So you basically just have to make a decision. You've got to ask yourself the question, would I benefit from giving myself a bit of a mental break? You know, would it would it benefit me to to learn and to practice? And that's all it is, is a practice of slowing down my brain. Like I work with so many women now who they tend to describe their brains as like a washing machine with thoughts just going round and round and round and round. And, and not being able to stop. And so actually that's exhausting because the analogy that you need to think about as well is like, say, if you, even if you had a sports car, a sports car isn't designed to just for you to put your foot down and drive at 100 miles an hour forever because it's just going to burn out, you know, and it's the same with your brain and actually being able to slow it down, give it a break, let it cool off. Um, just means that you can get rid and and you literally do shed so much of the rubbish that just keeps flying around in your head. So what I would say is to make it really practical, it'll probably feel very weird and it'll probably feel very, you know, just, just strange, maybe even uncomfortable. But just make a decision to sit for two minutes. You can set a timer on your phone 
um, but just sit and do absolutely nothing other than focus on the breath coming into your nose and then out through your mouth and just tune into that. Because you see, if you think about the way that our the way that we've programmed and conditioned ourselves and the way that the world has programmed and conditioned us now, it's to be constantly switched on with a thousand different things. And if you think about your computer, when you've got all the different tabs open, and that's what happens in your brain. And so if you've got all these different tabs open, it just ultimately slows everything down and the performance is not as good. It's not as productive. Um, and so actually being able to take that time just for a couple of minutes to close off the different tabs that you've got in your mind, it can massively speed you up. And and it's one of those things where even if it feels a bit weird to sit down and only focus on your breath and just tuning into your breath for a couple of minutes, actually, the more that you practice it, um, the easier you'll find it. And you need as well, because a lot of people think when it comes to meditation that you your mind should go blank. And if your mind doesn't go blank, then you're just not doing it right. And it's just not true. You see, your mind, your mind was born to have thoughts and keep producing thoughts and ideas and to solve problems. And you're not going to be able to stop that in the same way that you couldn't send a message to your heart to say, please, only stop beating for two minutes. You just can't do it. And so actually, if you're able to know that you have quite a cluttered, busy mind at times, and that when you sit down, even just for two minutes to focus on your breathing, you are going to have thoughts and that's fine. It's normal. But the practice is just putting them to one side and come back to the breath. And you might have to do that a hundred times in two minutes. And that's perfectly normal. But this is about training your attention onto a single thing. In this instance, it's your breath. This is the easiest way to get started. But you're just training your focus and training your attention to sit on one thing rather than having all of those tabs open and thinking about a million different things at once and then feeling stressed and exhausted as a result. It's such a simple thing that, and, and again, that analogy, practice makes perfect. Yeah. Starting with the two minutes and doing the two minutes every day. And and I know when I tried this, it was like, I will do two minutes every day for a week mm-hmm. and I will cut, forge that time out and do it. And I say the same to my clients about writing stories. They have to practice them. They can't just suddenly become a storyteller without practice. So it's such a mm-hmm. simple thing. And I think there'll be lots of people listening that will will be able to do that. Two minutes doesn't seem like, might be uncomfortable, but it doesn't seem like it's that difficult. So I wonder, you said you had this period about three months where you decided to focus on yourself and you decided to make some changes. So tell me what did change in your life? Well, everything really. And it was quite strange because one of the things that I knew that makes me feel strong and feel more grounded and connected is going for a walk so being outside in nature I mean I talk about this all the time um over on my Zen days which is you know to be out and feel the sun on your face and to be breathing in the fresh air your physiology changes you'll know that you know because you have your beautiful walks on the beach and and all of that and so as I was doing that I really found that the walks were really inspiring me to think different thoughts and I ended up you know I was kind of born a Catholic but I don't go to church regularly but for some reason this kind of mantra kept coming into my mind out of nowhere and I don't think I'd heard it anywhere but it was you know I've asked oh lord now let it be whatever it is you have planned for me and it just went on repeat on repeat um and and so it was just this it was just this willingness to really stop pushing and forcing 
and allow whatever was going to be to just bubble up and to rise and to kind of present itself. And I was, you know, through that three months, and when I first started practicing meditation, I, I got so excited about it because of the change that I felt in myself. And people were saying to me, you look really well. My husband was saying, you seem so much happier and calmer. And I was like, I am, I genuinely am, you know, you need to start meditating. And I turned into this kind of evangelist for trying to get people to just sit down and stop running around and being busy all the time, because I could see, I mean, you know, stress has been on the rise, anxiety's on the rise. And we're all so busy achieving and performing and doing and running around, you know, and so we've kind of lost touch with this ability to be able to sit and do nothing, but knowing that it's actually really good for our mental health. Um, and so I was just so impressed with at the ripe old age of 40, learning this kind of life changing skill, which was very much what it felt like to me, that I decided to look into how could I train to be a teacher. So I did that. And then I started, you know, at work, they were asking me to run uh, meditation sessions, mindfulness sessions, I was doing talks at different companies, writing um, articles for magazines and things like that. And I just fell in love, I absolutely fell in love. And then I started to get this feeling of this is it, like, I had this thing of, you know, I've asked, oh, Lord, let it be, what it, whatever it is that you've got planned for me. And, and that was what felt and sat very well in my body. Like, it just felt right. Um, and I felt really excited about it. I just felt properly aligned with it. Um, so I trained. I did all the training. I learned all the science behind meditation and how it literally transforms your brain and the impact that it has on um, on your nervous system and everything like that. And so, I, yeah, that that was it. I mean, that I, I came out of that three months feeling physically stronger, feeling much more mentally and emotionally resilient, and with this clear image and clear vision of what it is that I wanted to do and I finally felt as though you know I'd found work for me that had real deep meaning because of the transformational impact that can have on people's lives so and you said earlier on that throughout your 20 20 years of corporate you never quite felt that it was right yeah so would you say now that you've found what is right Oh, God, yeah. But I, I mean, I have people telling me that all the time, you know, and that they're like, you were born to do this. This is exactly what you were meant to be doing. Um, you know, and there, there was there was actually so many wonderful skills that I developed in my corporate career. So I would never kind of look back and say that it was a waste of time because it wasn't. It actually it did me a lot of favors um, in a way. It's just that I it's just that I was born to do something different. It's not better. It's not worse. It's just different. Um, and 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 so the skills that I developed, like leadership skills and technical skills and, and all, you know, people skills, all that kind of thing that all transfers. It's all brilliant kind of, you know, skill development to help me with running my own business and being a coach and, and all that kind of thing. So it's it's actually served me really, really well. Um, and I'm happy to to look at it in that way. But also obviously really happy to have eventually made the change. Uh, you know, so it feels it feels right. And as we're talking, your enthusiasm and your passion, and you use the word your evangelism for this subject comes through. And I wonder, is, is there something you would want my listeners to take away from your experience? What would you say is the, the, the one thing you'd want them to go away remembering? I would love everybody to remember to really slow down for long enough to listen to yourself. 
because I've always been a great believer that, you know, you, you really know what's right for you and you know what's wrong for you. And if you tune in, even just for a few minutes to your body, you know, and into your heart, you can feel where there's resistance, where there's things that feel off, where it feels as though it's not really who you are. And, you know, I talk a lot about unbecoming, you know, so unbecoming everything that you were never meant to be and really, really understanding that, you know, you can take a point in time like today to say, what are the things that I do that just aren't really me? So the friendships that I've got, maybe, you know, the the work that I do, the clothes that I wear, the place that I live, the car that I drive, whatever it might be, you know, but where are those things that they're just not me, they just don't fit me, it's not who I am, it's not what I'm about. And then to know that you have the power to make the change, and it's all about coming back home to you, you know, which is effectively what meditation is all about, is bringing you right back home to yourself and who you're born to be in the first place. That phrase is actually so powerful, coming home to yourself. Mm-hmm. That, that, I think that's one thing that will definitely stick in my mind. I've never thought of it like that, around you are your own home. It's, it's you are your own home. Well, you, you are. And I mean, you know, one of the, one of the most popular meditations that, uh, that I've done in the Zen Lounge is the one called I am home. And it's where you're practicing saying I'm safe, I'm loved, I'm home. And it's this concept of your home's not a place that you go to. Because, you know, then once you leave it, you're not going to feel at home. Actually, it's about this is your home from the top of your head and in your energy field, which might sound a bit woo. uh, But it's that, you know, right down to the tips of your toes. This is your home and you have an opportunity to make it a friendly, warm, welcoming, supportive, encouraging place rather than hostile ground. Because what I see so much with the women that I work with is that we we make things so hard for ourselves. We make it really, we judge ourselves, we're unkind to ourselves, we don't talk to ourselves as though we're the best friend at all. We talk to ourselves often like we're the most shameful, worst enemy who's rubbish, you know, but that actually just creates this really brittle, unhealthy unforgiving hostile environment which then if that's how you live within this home you know that impacts how you are in your relationships how you show up at work and everything whereas if you can really adopt this concept of I am my own home and I can choose to make this the most positive friendly welcoming warm loving supportive and forgiving place you know, then that's only going to have a positive impact on every other aspect of your life. And what you're teaching and what you're advocating is so powerful. And I know that you are helping lots of women. So please share with my audience where they can find you and and what it is that you're actually doing for women out there. Yeah, so um, my Zenday, so we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and I run an incredible online membership um, for women. And so it's all about well-being. So it's everything that you need in one place for well-being, happiness, joy, freedom. And I talk a lot about calm, balance and freedom. So um, there's just all sorts of trainings. There's a massive meditation center where you can go in and say, this is the kind of mood I'm in. This is the kind of inspiration that I want. Um, and just give yourself a little bit of time. But I guess what's most transformational for the people who are in the membership 
is this constant reminder because you know like we were saying before this is a practice it's not about you know i've meditated once this month i'm good for the rest of the month it's not that it's a, it's about integrating how can you support yourself in the best possible way how can you keep your vibe high how can you keep your positive outlook going and that has to be a sustained process it's got to be a regular practice so that's what the people in the membership love is that it's this constant reminder you know, it's not like doing a course and then you, you need to remember it. It's this constant reminder and being part of a community as well of other amazing people who are also trying to strike that balance in their life, trying to create more freedom, trying to work on this inner world, their home, you know, to make it this gorgeous environment that supports them in helping them to live their best life and be their best selves. Um, so yeah, so, so you can find me, there's, you know, have a look on the website, there's myzendays.com and there's a meditation course for beginners, which is epic. Um, and then there's the, the membership, which is if you want to make a sustained, you know, shifts in how you think and how you react to situations and how you look after yourself and your own mental and emotional health, then that is the place to be. And I will make sure that all of those links that you will need will go in the show notes for this episode so you can connect with Nikki and check out what she's doing because she is actually creating a movement of people that are all actually coming home to themselves. Um, Nikki, I asked you in preparation for chatting with me today if you had a verse or a quote or a saying that you wanted to leave my listeners with. Would you share that with us? I will, yes. And so it's an Albert Einstein quote. Um, and it's about, um, it, it's, here's the quote, a ship is always safest at shore, but it's not what ships are built for. And so that, I love it so much. And that's what I wanted to share with you and your, um, your listeners as well, because that it's the idea of, you know, keeping yourself in your comfort zone and keeping yourself at the shore as if you're the ship, you know, yes, yes, you're safest at the shore, but it's not what you were built for. And so living this version of your life that you think you should be living and that other people expect you to be living, it's not what you were built for. You know, you were built for a life of beauty and joy and excitement and adventure and to have the freedom to be able to design and say whatever that means for you. And it doesn't have to look like what everybody else's life looks like. And so being able to do this practice of spending some time just listening to yourself and allowing your intuition to start to talk to you, you know, really, really tuning in to how do I want my life to be? What changes do I want to make? What do I not like that I need to let go of? You know, that's that's I think what uh, that that's the work, and that's what enables a deep deep seated sense of personal freedom, balance, calm, and and happiness. And the quote for me is it just epitomizes freedom, and I think you've used that word a couple of times as we've been chatting. There is just a sense of freedom that comes when you actually truly find what makes you you, and being able to do that without any of those shoulds that society wants to put on our shoulders. Nikki, thank you so much for sharing some time with me today. Please, please, please go and check out those show notes. Go and find Nikki online. Tell her that you found her here um, and that you, you've been listening to what she's been saying because she really is an advocate for everything that she's doing. It's been my pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. What a powerful story. If you want more information about my guest or their story, 
check out the show notes. All the details are there. I would love to know what you think about this episode. Head over to Instagram at the Life Chapters Pod and tell me what you think. I really would love to know. And if you have a story to share and you want to do it here on the Life Chapters podcast, please get in touch. My door's always open and I would love to give you the platform to share your story. Mm-hmm.